here we go, you guys. Welcome back to another season three of the Ball Never Lied podcast. And it's, it feels good to be back, man. I'm one half of the of your host, of the coach. What up, yo? Luke Fro, we back, man. We here. Yes, sir. We just want to thank you all for, for holding us down. I know a lot of people have been asking about what's, what's the deal in the offseason. Hey, we had our offseason, too, man. We wanted to relax. We had fun, man. Shout out to everybody in the last dance. But we back, man. Season's here. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. Basketball's almost back, so, you know, we had to come back. Let's get ready for season three. Let's go. Yes, sir, man. And, and just to start off, man, as we already know, as we see, man, this the COVID, the COVID situation is is back in full effect as far as the league goes. Um, as we see, those who are participating pretty much the the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, and the Golden State Warriors, those who are on those teams, if you are not mandated as vaccinated, you will miss out on being paid at home games and also cannot participate in practices at home games as well, man. So uh, how do you feel about the, the whole mandated situation, man? So pretty much those, it, pretty much the, the main two players we know affects is Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins. So let's just talk about that for a quick second, man. How, how, how do you feel about the, the NBA's choices um, I mean, to be honest, I'm not really a Vax guy, I'm not super heavy into this right now, but I will say this, if you have a profession, just like the nurses or the doctors and, you know, all those type of people, man, you got to get vaccinated. So I understand what the NBA is doing. Also, this is, this is the state. It's not just the NBA, the, the state is making these rules. So they have to, you know, um, do what's right for, you know, everyone around them. And if they really are, you know, super heavy into, you know, not getting the vaccination or skeptical about it, then I say you walk away from the game. That's that's my opinion. That might be extreme, but I'm more on the side of I don't want any more, like, you know, fake woke people, man. If you're going to be woke or you're going to, you know, stand for something, really stand on that side. Don't halfway do it just because it sounds good or you're trying to get out of something. No, I definitely agree, man. But but here, here's my thing with, with the, the whole just vaccine situation overall. I feel as if society has is bullying people or making people being forced to being vaccinated. If, if it's their choice or not, hey. I think you just got to respect that opinion. With that being said, the NBA is doing what they have to do as a business and they're protecting their their bottom line, which I can respect at the end of the day. Now, some are going to argue that it shouldn't be fair that certain cities, so let's say Texas and Florida, you don't have to be mandated to be vaccinated. So if there's an unvaxxed player, let's just say on the Miami Heat, and they go to Golden State or New York, they're able to play but the the city player, the player who plays in that city is not, kind of gets tricky there. I think the NBA should either make it a rule as if, if if we go to San Francisco or New York, anybody who's unvaccinated has to follow those rules. It shouldn't just be the home city players. It should be everybody if that's the situation. If not, then again, that's why I find it being tricky. But again, like Bradley Bill said, he he – presented his his stance on the vaccination 
And, and I understand that. And again, I respect that. Those who are still, quote unquote, waiting on the research and doing their research, come on now, man. Just like you said, we can stop with the, the third eye, fake woke situations. Just say you don't want to be vaccinated and and just call it a day. That's, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, but again, this is the state's rules. So the NBA is just um, complying with what's already going on. So I think people got to, you know, chill out with blaming the NBA or, you know, saying the NBA is forcing it because last year they didn't force it. It, it is what it is. You're just going to have to take multiple tests. And if even if you get a fake positive, like the NBA can't do nothing about that until you take another test. So people have to remember this is through the state. Um and they're just, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And like you said, they're protecting their business. It's just like anything else. People forget that the NBA is a job. It's a business. Everyone just sees the entertainment side of it and forgets that everything else is, you know, has to, the ball has to keep rolling in every other corner for this to keep going. So people got to remember that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like I said, it, it, it's going to get tricky throughout, like you said, hopefully we already been seeing some players catch COVID such as Devin Booker. He's unvaccinated. So hope, all we can say is just stay safe, man. Hopefully everybody takes the right precautions to those who, even if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, because it's shown that you can still catch COVID throughout. So again, man, it's to each his own. If those don't want to be vaccinated, hey, you'll be hitting your pockets. And another thing I want to say too, man, is that Every, I, I'm tired of everybody commenting on other people's pockets. If those if those players don't want to be vaccinated, that's their choice. Don't worry about their money because they good, apparently. That's not their main concern. So we shouldn't be worried about that either. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's the NBA. They put out the numbers. People going to worry about that. We can't do nothing about that. It is what it is. But I think. Like, perfect example, Andrew Wiggins, all of a sudden, he's super religious. Like, you just can't, and I'm not saying he never was, but you just can't give out those type of, you can't put that energy out because then it looks fake. And then the NBA, obviously, is not going to respect it. And then now the NBA looks bad because they're not respecting his religion. But it's like, nah, bro, you can't, you can't all of a sudden be this big, woke Muslim today. And then a couple years ago, you were, I'm not even a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, you weren't even, you know, into all that. So it's just like we everyone has to do better for the greater good. Um out here, period, you know, vaccinated versus unvaccinated is a huge deal. So I get it. It's it's personal, but this is a business. This is a business that deals with a lot of people. So you're around a lot of people. Everyone has families. It's it gets deeper than just a shot and you know. People have to realize that, but you know, like you said, it's it's someone else's choice. We can't condemn them. We can't be mad at it. It just is what it is at the end of the day. No, definitely for sure, man. And and like you said before, and it also puts just those you you work around also in danger as well. Like you said, because you have it's mandated that all coaches. And, and trainers and pretty much anybody who's tied to an NBA roster, they must be fully vaccinated also, too. So, like I said, it, it gets tricky. If they can sacrifice, I mean, hey, other people got to be able to sacrifice for the greater good also as well. If 
if they truly into it. So, like we said, this is going to be an ongoing problem this season. I, I see so until everybody gets fully vaccinated in the NBA. So we just got to just sit back and see. Hopefully those on your team is 100% vaccinated. If not, hey, Godspeed to you. Yes, sir. But, you know, you know why the people here, man. Let's let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's let's get to our predictions and, you know, break down, you know, the the conference, man. It's it's that time. You ready? Yes, sir, man. We could definitely start out with, with, with the Eastern Conference Finals. So just a quick, quick preview, break that down, man. We already know the, the championship holds in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Giannis mm-hmm. held it down, did his thing. He he got it out the mud. And for everybody who loves to say it, he didn't run from the grind. He stayed in Milwaukee, did his thing. Yes, we saw the injuries across the league, but, hey, that's part of the game. So we're not going to sit here and continue to comment and make that that excuse of who won or, or why people got there. It is what it is. So first things first, I'm going to just ask you, man, do you think Milwaukee has, has a chance to repeat as NBA champions? Yes. And it's funny you ask that because I have a couple – not really hot takes, but my personal hot takes. The first Talk one is, first one is, I want to see a finals with the Lakers and Bucks or the Lakers and Heat. And I know everyone's like, what? Not the Nets? You know, the entertainment? I'm not into that. We've already had that for years. We've had the LeBron versus KD or LeBron versus Curry entertainment. But I really want to see a finals where it's bang, bang. Lakers are loaded. They have some dogs. They have some fighters. And the Heat and the Bucks have fighters. Now, with the Nets, they have offense. They don't have defense. They don't have guys that are really going to, you know, a P.J. Tucker that might change the game with a with an intentional foul or, you know, Bobby Portis or Giannis who doesn't give up. Just different guys. We can keep going. Drew Holiday, you know, they don't have those type of guys to where – they make it fun to watch the defensive side of the ball. And I know defense is unpopular, but also once someone is playing defense, it's a big hoopla. So if you guys want to see a real finals where it's bang, bang, where, you know, the wrong foul can change the whole series, I want to see those two teams go against the Lakers. And obviously that's a prediction that the Lakers make it that far. But those are the teams I want to see go against them. A Lakers-Nets um, – finals yeah it'll be good it'll be high ratings but you know after I th- what do they play Christmas I think they play yeah. Christmas or one yep. of those important days they play we'll Christmas see that then. okay Christmas we'll see that then that's cool but for my personal you know my personal thoughts I want to see a real physical finals so for the East like I said, Bucks or Heat, I want to see them get there. But, you know, just to – I mean, I answered your question, but I want to ask you a question because, you know, we got to – both of us, I'm not saying it's just you, but we, we got to we gotta double back on Giannis, man. We we were pretty critical. Um, he proved us both wrong in different ways. I know you were kind of not having him in your top ten, and you had good reasons at the moment. But now I want to ask you, where does Giannis stand for you? Giannis is top three. It's, okay. it's, it's, I, can't, I can't take that away from him, man. He, 
he's proven what his game is and he's starting to figure out how to how to play his best version of him in his game and then also we've seen it now just the the he he brought it on both levels at a at the time where his team needed it the most he he dropped 50 yes, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a game clinching finals man he knocked down 17 to 18 free throws yeah people can hate and take that away and say oh well he was at home when he made his free throws well he struggled the whole time at home making his free throws also and we've seen him continue to make game changing plays time after time rather if it was the block on DeAndre Aiden on the lob or him coming back down after the steal from Holiday finish in the alley-oop where Chris Paul took him out. So, and even just speaking on the whole Milwaukee Bucks, just overall really quick, just them stepping up, just I I got mad respect for the Bucks. My Giannis has put his stamp on the game as far as him being not just an all-time great, but one of the, the best players in the league, especially coming into this season. Argue, he's, he could definitely make a case of being the best player, but we'll have that conversation further down along the road. But once again, man, just shout out to the freak. Uh, I'm interested to see of how he can continue to grow his game because we got to realize he's only 26. He is barely scratching the surface and entering the prime of his game. So it's really going to be fun to to watch his match rates and his growth still. And also just Milwaukee Bucks overall. Like, we, like you already said, they got a chance to repeat I think they got a chance to repeat also as well. Yes, they lost P.J. Tucker, but you're able to keep a Bobby Portis. You're able to sign a Grayson Allen. I thought that was a sneaky pickup that's going to pay off for them. That stretches their depth. And, and we'll see what, what also what Rodney Hood can bring to that table too. I know a lot of people are probably like, what about Rodney Hood? But, hey, that's a that's a low-risk, high-reward for that team. He's healthy and he's rocking. He could definitely, he could definitely be a, a nice, valuable piece to that team. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, maybe George Hill would be a little better than Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague didn't catch his rhythm last year. I'm not going to, yep. you know, I'm not going to trash him and say he's, you know, garbage, whatever. It's just maybe he just wasn't – that just wasn't his his spot. Like maybe the team isn't for him, but he got a ring out of it, so it is what it is. But George Hill, a savvy vet, um, you know, he's a great knockdown shooter great free throw shooter. So maybe late in games, he could be very important for that team too. And then, you know, Dante's coming back too. People forget about him and what he was yep. doing during the season to make that team what it was. So having him is just extra offense. They did lose P.J. Tucker, a little bit of their grit, but P.J. Tucker offensively was not there at all. They were kind of playing four on five pretty much. And defensively, he wasn't, he wasn't the usual P.J. Tucker, but he wasn't, like, trash. But, again, it goes back to my point. Watching that Bucks and Suns finals in the beginning, remember, everyone said they weren't going to watch it. It was boring, blah, blah, blah. But it was perfect. And people said I, that by I, game two. I thought that was one of our, our best finals that we've seen in a while because we didn't know who was going to win. We couldn't, couldn't fast exactly. forward to the winner. I thought I, I definitely thought the finals was more was more um, entertaining than what other people thought or what they had in mind for sure. Exactly, and a big point to that is both teams played defense. Both teams were getting stops, and one team would go on the drought, one team would go on the run. Like that's what a finals is. It's it's the the continuous fight. So that's why I really want to see the Bucks or the Heat because I feel like those two teams. 
have a lot of fighters. And it's just going to, you know, throughout the season, I'm going to keep pointing it out. I'm going to show you why, you know, maybe even convincing people why that finals would be better than a Lakers and Nets. Yes, the Lakers and Nets have more stars, and that's cool. But look how happy we were to, you know, watch Bobby Portis get a quick 15 or Cameron Payne come in and change the whole game. Like, that's the difference when it comes to entertainment and real basketball. And I'm not saying, you know, the Nets don't have real basketball players because everyone's a real basketball player. But I'm saying the entertainment factor has kind of taken over the NBA. If you haven't noticed, and I'm not talking to you, I'm just, you know, in general, if, yeah. if anybody hasn't noticed, it's more of entertainment right now. And it's it's not a problem because, you know, the league's going to continue to grow and it's always going to change. And I'm going to get older and the league is going to get younger. That's just how it goes. But for right now, when we're talking about, you know, greats and everyone wants to have debates, the debates come from, you know, the real trenches, the real wars. We don't want anything easy. And I'm not saying the Lakers and Nets are going to be easy, but it's going to be strictly offensive. Like, no one wants to see 130 points. Com- I mean, each. Like, I don't I don't want to go through that. I want to see somebody get held to 90 or, like, low hundreds. Like, that's what I want to see. So, you know, I think out of the two teams, the Bucks probably make it because, um, you know, the Heat can't compete with the Bucks when it comes to you. just, you know, when you break down the roster, Giannis is levels above anybody on the Heat, in my opinion. Jimmy Butler is very good, but Giannis is just on a whole new level when he showed that. So I kind of have the Bucks coming out the East, early prediction. But, you know, there's there's a lot of good teams out here. The East made a lot of moves. Um, they did. You know, New York, Bulls. Uh, who else got really – I mean, those are – oh, Celtics. Celtics made a lot of trades as well. So let's let's get down to not the bottom, but you know, let's move away from the champs and you know, talk about maybe who who could climb that hill and fight with them. Who do you have or what's your early predictions for maybe, you know, the top eight or just just teams to watch out for? Man, teams to watch out for, I definitely would say I got I got the uh, the Hawks up there. I'm interested to see what the Hawks will look like. Uh, they definitely got some young talent over there. I want to see uh, just with players to watch in the East also as well. Cam Reddish, he showed what he can do in, the, in that little short stint of the playoffs of, of how he's talented when he's healthy. I want to see just that young talent grow in Atlanta and see how can that mesh? What can Nate McMillan do in his second season? And honestly, his full, his full first season, as head coach with him, having his coaching staff on his bench, how Trey Young can get better and, and how that how that young core can grow. Like we said before, it seems like it's a log jam of talent there. So I just want to see how it can work in that favor. Also, too, I'm interested to see if the Charlotte Hornets can take that next step, too, as well, man. We've seen LaMelo go crazy in his uh, rookie year. They decided to bring back Terry Rozier on their extension. They added Kelly Oubre, which I'm still a little iffy on. I want to see how that works out. But I really like James Borrego as a coach. I like the draft of uh, James Booknight and Kai Jones. I don't think Kai Jones will play a lot. But James Booknight would definitely be a spark off that bench, especially to add to that young core, what they got. That's another thing that's definitely on my um, my 2K slash league pass radar to watch. 
they're gonna be they're gonna be a fun team all year, I think. And then also, like you said, in the East, just uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, we seen that Lonzo is now added back to the team. They added DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo said he's going to get back to his traditional point guard uh, ways, and I believe so. I believe that he will. I think he will be mentioned in All Star voting. Not saying he will be an All Star, only because, like we said, the, the East is getting loaded with guards over there, and then I also think Lamelo will take that All Star bid from him this year, but. I definitely want to see a comfortable Lonzo in a setting where he feels that he can just play his game now. I think the challenge for Chicago be the defensive end and and the depth also as well. I thought them losing Thad Young was was pretty big, but uh, I'm definitely excited and watch and, and watching the Chicago Bulls and, and see their their maturation process and their growth also as well. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a couple a couple teams in the East that are going to linger around. And it really has me thinking, like, it's going to be a heavy debate. Who gets that eighth seed? Who's the play-in? Like, that's that's what's going to be very interesting because as of right now, in my opinion, hovering around the eighth seed is going to be Charlotte, the Pacers. Yep. And um, it's another team I was just looking at. Oh, possibly Washington. I don't see Toronto being, you know, relevant this year. And also another hot take. I see the Hawks slipping, not like not making the playoffs, but I don't see them being as good as last year. Like you said, they, they have a, a heavy squad right now. And I, I don't, I don't see the playing time for all those guys, especially with Cam Reddish being healthy now. And then, um, I can't – I'm losing my thought right now. The other the small four power four that got injured last year. Um, DeAndre I, Hunter? DeAndre Hunter. I had DeAndre in my head, but I kept saying Jordan. DeAndre Hunter. There we go. He's coming back. He's kind of in the same role as Cam Reddish. He could play power forward, though, so I can see how that works. But John Collins plays power forward, so another confusion. Then they drafted Sharif Cooper who I don't really see playing a lot. I don't know why he went there. And then they have Jalen Johnson, who's also 6'8". So I don't, I just don't get it with Danilo still being there. It's, to me, the roster, whoever the GM is, the roster looks on paper confusing. Now, talent-wise, it looks good. But on paper, you know, when you look at the depth chart, it's super confusing. I don't know who's going to play where. I don't know how the minute breakdown is going to be. I don't know the rotation. It's just, to me, looks nasty. Nate McMillan is a good coach, though, so I'm not going to, you know, go off the limb and say they're not going to make the playoffs because, obviously, he does his job. But, you know, New York has gotten better. I think the Celtics got better. People don't really like the Celtics moves, but they definitely got better than me. Celtics, so, were, Celtics had a sneaky offseason as far as the moves they made. Yeah. And they, I think a lot of people got to realize that they didn't go for the names, but they tailor-made their team that's built around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think we're going to be able to see them grow their full games overall just because of the, the complimentary pieces they got around them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dennis Schroeder isn't a scrub. You feel me? Um, nope. Al Horford isn't a scrub. Like you said, it's just not the names. Josh Richardson isn't a scrub either. And they're, excuse me, they're going to fit in because 
all three of those guys don't have to be stars. They already have the two young stars, like you said. Um, they get better on defense. Kimba obviously was a liability, so Schroeder is definitely a better fit there. Marcus Smart just got an extension, and he's also supposed to take on a bigger role this year. So we'll see how that works. Offensively, I know a lot of Boston fans hate when he, you know, takes over offensively, but defensively, him and Schroeder is going to be very, very difficult for a lot of backcourts. They're not the names, but they're definitely in the top 10 categories when it comes to guards that can guard. So even, we're going to have even, to look out uh, for that. Even Josh Richardson, when you start to mention that defensive end for them exactly. too, that, that's going to be a, a big help for that Boston Boston Celtics roster. And you're right as far as um, Dennis Schroeder, that, that substitute piece in for, for Kimball Walker, a lot of people are not going to like saying that Oh, they might they may think Kemba Walker is better than Dennis Schroeder as a player on the court, but your best your best ability is availability. And Dennis Schroeder right. is gonna stay more healthy than Kemba Walker. And I love Kemba Walker as a player. I, I love his game. Uh, I hope he does great in New York. But we all know he's not gonna play a full lady too. So it's they they definitely make the right move by by getting rid of that contract and then going and getting Dennis Schroeder on a cheap end, who's on a prove a year himself. So Again, one of those moves that's going to be a low risk, high reward for Boston. And I and I'm going. To, I, of course, you already know we support our black coaches, man. So I want to see what Udoka can do over there. Yeah, and then what they lacked last year was center depth, and now they have it. They have Al Horford in his canter. Um, they still have Robert Williams. They they have they have enough, man. To me. And again, Al Horford's another guy where people are, oh, he's old, whatever. Damn near, you know your favorite teams are old. The Lakers are old. The Nets are old. The Heat are old. That narrative of being old is kind of worn down, too, because this is a new era where people are able to take care of their bodies better. There's a lot of, you know, nutrition out there. There's a lot of different things to, you know, stay relevant in an older age, Um we can point out all the guys that are doing it at a high level. We don't need to. We know what it is. So at the end of the exactly. day, at the end of the day, they have they have um, a lot of experience. Our Horford is definitely, you know, a team leader. So that's another thing that they needed on the Celtics last year. They seemed a little like dysfunctional at times, and Al Horford is definitely a team leader. I definitely can see him being the go-to guy for a lot of these young guys, because this team is pretty young when you break it down. Um, Jabari Parker's a young OG over there. He did good in his little small stint, so let's see if he could play a little bit more. Peyton Pritchard, you know, in the summer league, all summer, even last year, you know, when he got in, he showed flashes, and he's also very good defensively and at the three. So I really like this Celtics team more than a lot of people do. They, I think they're definitely going to be top four. Um, that top four is going to be, you know, very hard, though. I think they're going to fight for it, but the Celtics going to be top four. But moving on, man, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. How do you feel about this roster, and what do you see them doing? Man, just let's go Knicks, Knicks take. We here for it, but um, I, just real quick, like you said, just on how the East is going to be a dog fight this year. Just real quick, 
I think outside of who I think will be the top three, and you'll probably agree, no order, just uh, the Nets, Heat, and the Bucks. It's really going to be a dogfight for them, them seeds four through eight. And I, I think New York could grab one of them. I think they, they may not finish top four like they did last year. I could see them at a six, seven seed just because of, of the, the talent and the roster depth. And like you said, just the more competitive uh, conference it is. But I like the moves they made. They definitely got some scoring, which was missed in the playoffs. We've seen that was probably their biggest Achilles heel as far as um, them getting over the next hump was their defense was there, but they just couldn't manufacture buckets when they needed to. Julius Randle, everybody knew he was going to go one way. Derrick Rose was pretty much their their only go-to option. You can't put him in that situation during this state of his career, I think. But uh, I love the roster depth. I like them adding Kemba Walker. He's not going to play a full 82. So we see their point guard depth that I, I love a lot as far as Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly. He's one of my favorite players to watch, especially as a young player. Evan Fournier, you can pencil him in for about – 18 to 20 a game. He knows his role. And and now we just got to see if the R.J. Barrett's of the world is going to continue to get better. He has to improve his game. He can't go only one way. Julius Randle, we love this season, but now we got to see him take the next step in his game as far as being a complete offensive player. But at the end of the day, we know that this New York team can only make it make this season exciting. I don't see them getting to the conference finals or anything until they get that true superstar. Now, mind you, we don't know what could happen during the season as far as trade-wise, but as 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 this team is built right now, I, they can definitely get out of the first round and, and, and make some noise. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested, man. I, Another exciting team to, you know, watch. They're definitely going to be on the radar all year. And, you know, they have a big enough fan base, so we're going to hear the noise about them. But I have a question when it comes to the East. We already know the Ben Simmons whole little drama right now. To me, and this is just my personal opinion, I've never liked the way the Sixers roster was built. I think it's very nasty. So without Ben Simmons... Are the Sixers still a playoff team? Yo, I've I've actually debated with myself uh, 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 quite a few times on that, and it will as we talk about our our playoff season, who can make the playoffs? I got Philly in there, but barely. I got Philly in there. Um, like you said, I I, I really don't like the. I, I was never a fan of the total roster construction. Yeah, they got Joel Embiid, and he's an MVP caliber player, but. We know he's not going to play a full 82. And then also them adding Andre Drummond. I don't see how they got better by that, by him replacing Dwight Howard. I thought Dwight was a better a better fit as far as his role, his role goes. But, again, I, I, I don't like this Philly roster also either. Uh, it's just until they address that, that elephant in the, in the room, I, I just see it being just, just drama over there. I don't see how – how they get any better from what they were last year. They were a first seed, so they're definitely not going to be a one seed again. And people people don't want to realize that Ben Simmons did contribute to that it, during the regular season. We're not going to act like he wasn't uh, uh, a defensive player of the year, candidate, all-defensive player um, throughout the whole season. He was an all-star. Got to respect that. But, again, at the end of the day, as I look at the roster – yeah, outside Joel and B, even Tobias Harris didn't show up in the playoffs. So 
I, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see what 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 Doc can do over there. I mean, let's <laughs> we know what Doc coaching abilities are from the past few years, but let's let's see what he can muster up over there now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't like the roster. I didn't. I thought they would have bigger additions. They've had pretty good off seasons the last couple of years, but this was the worst off season I've seen from them. And I don't know. Like, I mean, you know me. I was never high on Daryl Morey, but he definitely got to take some blame because this, like, just looking oh, on paper, sure. there's no way when you look on paper, a team that was in the playoffs last year looks like a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs this year. It's just not possible unless it was a big trade where your superstar left you. So to me, and they have another superstar, so it's confusing. But to me, this roster is so, like, it's so shitty. Like, I'm not shitting on any of the players, but they're just, like, it's not enticing. I look at this roster, and then I go I'm look at all the I'm looking at the roster right now, man. It's nasty. Yeah, like, you go look at all the other East teams, and it's like, where do I – I don't know where I fit, fit Philly in. Like, I can definitely see them. It's, and we got to admit it, Embiid is going to miss games. So with no Ben oh, yeah. Simmons and no Embiid, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, bro. They might, they might they, they, be a play. <laughs> they might be a playing, bro. Yeah, man, it's interesting. They a lot of people, a few people wanted to scream for Tobias Harris to be an All Star, but hey, this is his chance and opportunity right now because he. I'm looking at I'm looking at Seth Curry. Of course, we love Seth, Seth Curry. He's a great player in his role. But like I said, Andre Drummond's added to the team. You bring back Danny Green. You add Shaq Harris. Stop me when I when when I'm wrong here about as far as this roster. I mean, and a lot of these players are redundant too. Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey. We like those guys, but again, they're redundant. George is Niang. How is he gonna help you? I mean, like I said, Matisse Thibel, I mean, he's not an offensive player in his own right. Great defensive player, but Again, like you said, man, this is this is gonna be tough, man. This is gonna be interesting. But as, as we as we on the Philly um topic right now, just to address the elephant in the room, two part question. Do you think Ben Simmons gets traded? And if he does, what team can you see pulling the trigger on Ben Simmons? I think it's gonna be a long process. Um this is another Rich Paul stick up. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of agents. Clutch you know, they're tired. Yeah, they're tired of him. So I think this is going to be drawn out just like the AD thing. Um, he still has four years on his deal. So I don't think the Sixers are just going to be quick to be like, oh, yeah, we got to make a move. Like, unless they're dummies, they realize, like I said, he has four years on his deal. Y'all can draw this out. Y'all could definitely muster up some type of deal. But the rumors are that, you know, his the deals they could have had have gone have came and gone, so they're kind of in a bind right now, which is why we haven't seen him traded. And what training camp starts on Monday, or it already started for some people, so it, it it's tricky. Um, I definitely see him getting traded, but I don't know when. I don't see it being soon. I don't see it being in the next month or so before the season, right when the season starts, or even at All-Star break. Like, he has four years, so if they don't if they don't get the deal they want, clearly they're not going to trade him. Um, but with the firing of the Timberwolves president, 
I do see the Timberwolves being a little bit more heavy because the rumors are it's a green light over there. So the, the Timberwolves have some options of what to trade for him. I don't know if they want to keep D'Angelo to make it a mini big three for them, but if they add in D'Angelo, I don't see why the Sixers don't jump on that pretty quickly. Yeah, man. I think D'Angelo Russell would definitely be a nice complimentary piece to Philly. Um, but like you said, I think, I think we will see a deal for Ben Simmons. I don't think we'll see it anytime soon. I don't think we'll see it near Christmas. Oh, but where? Honestly, like where? All right, so so hear me out. I think what my my dream trade, but well, not even a dream trade scenario, just I think the best hypothetical hypothetical situation here for for Ben Simmons to get traded to get out of Philly is for for Philly to to link up with with Houston. Not saying to send Ben Simmons to Houston, but we know John yeah. Wall wants to get out of Houston. You yep. find a third team who is willing to take on Ben Simmons. You send John Wall to Philly. You send Ben Simmons to this third team, wherever the hell that is. And Houston just gets back all the expiring contracts or whoever you want to send and draft picks over there. We know Houston's in rebuilding mode. They don't want Ben Simmons. They they already agreed to, to get rid of John Wall. And John Wall's not taking no buyout, as he shouldn't. If you owe me two years and $91 million of my contract, I'm securing my generation wealth also. Just fine, yeah, I'd I say mean, both teams. Like I said, that's the only best perfect scenario I can see for, for both sides where John Wall can still compete and still make Philadelphia better. And also Ben Simmons can give what he wants and go somewhere else. But then also, too, just a, a, another team that I, I think should look into pulling the trigger on Ben Simmons, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, I think, has the, the players to pull this off as far as the De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Hill is not happy in that situation. You already have the guard. Your guard depth is at a log jam with, with Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and then now you draft the Donovan Mitchell as it is. So... I think Sacramento should also give them a call also as well to Philadelphia and try to string up a deal as well. But hear me out. It's it's Rich Paul. When have you ever seen him send one of his superstars to a no-man's land? That's my That's only true. problem with, you know, because it's a lot of scenarios. He could go to the Raptors, like you said, the Kings. Um, you know, he could push his way certain places, but you got to think about who you're dealing with, bro. At the end of the day, I don't see him going anywhere that isn't super beneficial or that doesn't have the chance to be a big team right when he gets traded. Because if you trade him to the Kings, that doesn't put them in a great position. I don't I don't think he's levels above De'Aaron Fox right now. And then you have that coaching situation and the GM. Like the Kings doesn't make a doesn't make them any better. I mean, make his situation any better. Maybe it puts him under the radar and he's now looked at as underrated, but that doesn't do anything. You get what I'm saying? I, I see I see a lot of avenues of where he could get traded, but then I add in who his agent is and everything kind of stops right there. So I can only see the Timberwolves, the Warriors, somehow, I don't think the Clippers have the capital, but somehow the Clippers, and that's pretty much it. Like my eyes are closed to anybody else. I. I thought about the, the three-team deal as well because 
like you said, John Wall. To me, John Wall in Philly is better than Ben Simmons on Philly. And I know a lot of people are down on John Wall, but, you know, once he's able to show who he is, a lot of people go, oh, I forgot how good he was, blah, blah, blah. And then to add on, in a John Wall deal or a three-team deal, I think Eric Gordon gets thrown in there too. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too. He, I'm sure he will, he will want out or he might even get bought out towards the, uh, this season also as well. So that, yep. that's a definitely good one. You know what? You know what? What just popped in my head? I'm not going to lie. But they, they already made a big deal last year. But the Pacers, the Pacers could somehow get in there. I mean, um, TJ Warren isn't healthy right now. So I don't see the Sixers being able to be like, yeah, I want him. But Pacers hey, have some man. capital. Their name was mentioned at some point uh, during the offseason. I know they uh, they offered Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know why Philly would turn Oh, you're right. Brogdon. I forgot about that. Yeah. But but just to speak on, uh, like you said, people forget about John Wall. In the limited time he did play last year, he still averaged 20 points and about seven assists. And that was on a exactly. Houston Rockets team that, that didn't have any realistic goals as far as making playoffs or anything. So for those who are doubting John Wall and what he can still do, he can definitely still make Philly a a, a competitive team. No, I'm not saying they'll they'll win a, a championship, but he'll definitely provide more than what Ben Simmons does for that team. That's for sure. Yeah, I've been seeing people on Twitter calling him the new Michael Beasley because he, you know, he's posting his little one-on-one clips, and it's like, man, people just it's it's what have you done for me now lately type of thing, and it's. I just hate that, bro, because, like you said, in limited time, he was hooping, man. Like, he was John Wall on a trash team. Like, imagine him on a half-decent team. It's It'll be very good for the league. It'll be very good for him. I mean, his contract, he deserved his contract at the time. So, it is Thank what you. it is. I mean, an injury. So, if a dude gets, gets injured, all of a sudden, he never deserved his deal. Like, I, I just don't get that about, you know, people – um or teams in general because like that's what y'all traded for that's you know it is i don't, I don't get it man like you said man it's like people people only realize what what they what you did for them last week they don't they don't remember everything else so you know how this league goes man everybody got a short attention span nowadays yeah that's the whack part but i got another team i want to talk about because like i said if you just look on I obviously right now we're only doing on paper because we haven't seen nobody. For but sure. on paper, the Wizards look like an AFC. They got deeper than last year. Obviously, Russell is better than anybody on that team. So I see that Russell willed them to multiple games to win. But just from a depth standpoint, the Wizards have way more depth than they had last year. KCP isn't a scrub. Montrez isn't a scrub. I think in that situation, he's going to be better because he's not in the limelight. Kuz is iffy. We don't know what he's going to do. Spencer is coming off of ACL, so it's like, eh. But, you know, naming those guys added on to that roster that was already there. And then you also get Aaron Holiday, and then you get Thomas Bryant back. I'd like the Wizards to be an eighth or ninth seed. How do you feel? Got the I got uh Washington Wizards in my playing round actually right now. I got them I got them squeezing in as a nine seed right now. Like you said, just the the roster depth that they were able to get and 
and put together around Bradley Beal, they're going to be competitive in that in that bottom East. Like you said, KCP's no scrub. He's definitely somebody who's going to come off the bench and provide stability. Still 3 and D guy for them who's going to help. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, like you said, he's he coming off an ACL injury, but I think he's going to be able to do big things. His role is going to be expanded than what it was in Brooklyn. And people got to realize he he kept Brooklyn up float also before the big three got there. So Spencer yes. can definitely play. Spencer can definitely hoop, and I think he's – it may take him a while to, to find his groove again just because he's coming off that injury. It'll be a little rusty, but I think he'll definitely do his thing. Um, Trez is definitely going to give what he wants, which is just playing time, a bunch of pick and rolling dunks. Don't really have to worry. And he's going to play as much as he wants. They don't really care about defense over there um, for Washington goes. So more to him. And, and like you said, man, just uh, um, the Coos, we'll see how Coos plays. We, I'm sure he's going to want to prove himself to a lot of doubters, a lot of naysayers, pretty much just to L.A. because we ran his ass out of town. But I don't mind it. But again, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see that team, man. But yeah, they won't they won't do anything if if Bradley Bill catches COVID. So again, that's a fact. And they COVID ran ravishly through Washington last year. So good luck to them. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and prayers to uh, Rui Hachimori. He stepped away from the game for mental health issues. He's out yeah, indefinitely definitely. right now. So, you know, praise to him, whatever he's going through. We hope he makes it, you know, and gets the help he needs or whatever he's doing right now while he takes this break. You know, you can't be mad at a guy for that. I haven't seen any backlash, but just saying in general, you can't be mad at a guy for that. Um, you know, it's, it's more serious than it's ever been. Like you said, COVID taking over and, you know, the pandemic, everybody being in the house, all those things played real factors into a lot of people and you know we never want to see anybody down this at the end of the day this is just basketball so prayers to him and I hope he gets you know healthy and gets better that's man we're humans first at the end of the day they're 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 not just athletes they're human beings so prayers to his family prayers are really hot more man we hope everything is all and well and like you said just continues to get better man we you we put 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 basketball on the back burner for right now, man. You take care of your family, your mental state, and 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 everything else that goes before basketball. Sure. So to you know to round this off, because we obviously went through the teams that are important. The bottom half of the East, obviously, is Cleveland, Detroit, Orlando, and Toronto. I'll say this: Orlando is going to be fun to watch. Um, there's a lot of young guys over there, a lot of guards, really, that everyone wants to see. Um, Mo Mamba, let's see what he does. Let's see if he finally gets traded. Um, and for Cleveland, man, what a shit show over there. I don't even – I don't know where basketball, to begin with them. <laughs> basketball purgatory, man. Like, if, if you really hate a player, you send his ass to, to Cleveland pretty much. Because, like you said, man, Kobe Altman, their GM, his – his game, Jared Allen, $100 million. You draft Evan Mobley. You sign Larry Markkinen, and you still have Kevin Love on the roster. What the fuck are you doing? And sign Taco Fall. What the fuck are you doing? And, like, what another big big signing for them was Denzel Valentine. Like, uh, You got I, Ricky I have Rubio. Them. 
You got Ricky Rubio with Colin Sexton, who, who you were supposed to trade. Darius Garland, who a lot of people are excited about. But, uh, again, man, just what's going on in Cleveland? We, we don't know. They're going to be bottom feeders. I was going to ask you, do you have them in the top three again to draft picks? They might just get the number one overall pick and draft Imani Bates next year. The way the way they looking, man, it's it's so disgusting, man. Just praise to Evan Mobley. I didn't want to see him in Cleveland anyway, but I, I saw that that coming. Praise to to Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. I don't really care for Kevin Love at all. Even even after I watched the shop episode and he explained his whole situation with Team USA, and he pretty much felt as if from his side of the story that Jerry Colangelo double backed on him and threw him under the bus, but. Again, I don't feel bad for anybody who's getting paid thirty million dollars to sit on his ass. So, like I said, man, I don't, I don't care. Detroit, um, it's gonna be interesting to see Kay Cunningham. I want to see his growth. He's definitely got the ball in his hands a lot, just because he's the number one overall pick. Many compare him and see him as that LeBron James, Luka Doncic role. I want to see it. I think he's gonna be a good player, but to that extent, we shall see. And then, like you said, man, Orlando Magic. They they got they're guard heavy over there, but they got some exciting guards with Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony that we're huge fans of, and RJ Hampton over there who showed some some bright spots in summer league. And then also just the 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 forgotten, and I think a lot of people forget this guy a lot. Markel Fultz, man. It seems like every time he gets he tries to take two steps up, he gets knocked down three steps back in this league. So hopefully we can see him play a majority full full season i don't see him playing 82 or anything but if he can play majority of this season about 60 plus games and he's healthy by the end of the season i'm happy for him man that, that's what i would like to see from him yeah and i um i'm gonna be honest i just don't like him so i'm not gonna act like they're gonna be trash it's just my personal take the Raptors are going to be better than what i'm saying as bottom feeders they're definitely going to be in the play-in like maybe 10 spot. I don't really see them in eight, but they'll be around. The they'll be competitive. Spot. Yeah, they'll, they'll be competitive enough to, you know, put up a fight. Um, Kyle Lowry definitely missed a lot of games last year where they were still winning games. So there'll be a team where they're underdogs and they end up winning a couple of those important games. So we'll see how they do, but I'm not going to put stock in them. I'm not going to act like I care to see them hoop. I think. Um, Pascal has kind of ruined his stock and ruined the future of the Raptors in my eyes. So it's, I mean, Fred is Fred is definitely a hooper, but I can't see a guard, a six-two guard, you know, running a franchise like that's just not what our league is anymore. If you're not, you know, six-six or higher, you're kind of not the franchise guy anymore. So good luck to him. It's going to be an uphill battle. Gary Trent definitely could hoop, but he's he's pretty inconsistent sometimes. So I see them in like the tenth spot. Um, this is a competitive East, so you know once you lose your longtime vet, I don't I don't really you know I I can't just be like oh yeah no nah, they're good like no nah, I I don't see that. Um, Malachi Flynn will definitely be a hooper as well this year. He showed flashes last year. I'm I'm a fan of him. But I don't know. They they don't move me at all. 
I'll say this too is um, as far as one of one of my bold predictions for Toronto, and this leads into how they drafted. I think Pascal Siakam gets traded at some point this season. They drafted Scotty Barnes. He plays that kind of same role and can play that same role as a Pascal Siakam. The more he grows into his offense, especially the way he can already has that point guard mentality, being able to take the ball off the backboard, be able to push. I think we see Pascal Siakam get traded. And I say that because we kind of already seen him hit his ceiling. And on offense, it's like he kind of just does the same thing. We see him just drive to the basket, spin move, pull up for like that kind of mid-range game. That's just me from what I've seen. I don't I don't see his game really growing into like a superstar type of role or a franchise player type role. So I think they 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 trade him. But Toronto for sure is always going to be competitive. Masai Ujiri is going to put it together a roster that's going to go out there and play hard. Uh, like you said, they re-signed Gary Trent Jr., somebody he can hoop. But he's a small two-guard also as well. This Toronto has a small backcourt. But they're going to be scrappy. They're going to play well. Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is going to get the best out of his group, as as we've seen before in the past. So that's not a question. But but yeah, like like we said, man, just the East. The East is definitely becoming a beast, man. I like I like what we're seeing overall, not just from the top heavy teams, but also from that teams that are in the mix, who are in the in the like we said, in those four, five, six seeds. They also take a step to get better, also as well. So the the parity in the league overall has definitely gotten better, and is and it's starting to shape up to be another great season. Yes, sir. So to segue, because obviously the next episode, we're going to get to the big dogs of the West. Do you see any players from the East moving West? You said Pascal might get traded. Let's go most, not big names, but let's go, you know, important trades. Do you see anybody important from the East going west or you know a key piece like a terrence ross can you see him get traded you get what i'm saying like who do you see what team or or who do you see making that move to the west i still want since we're in toronto still in in that eastern conference i want to see if gordon Dragons can still force his way to dallas we knew that was a a, there we go that Luca, Luca needs another, need another backcourt mate, somebody that can run with him, somebody that's familiar with. Dallas still needs to continue to draw in Luca as far as them making the right moves to show that that we're in the best interest for you. Go get Gordon Jarvis, man. Let's. Uh, I do want to see that just to make the West more competitive. That'll be interesting. Also, let's see if Kevin Love can uh, get his way up out of. Um, Cleveland and and find his way to the Western Conference team. I don't see it may not be a trade scenario, but I can see him getting bought out and him coming west. No, the Lakers, please stay away. I don't want Kevin Love on my roster or anywhere near us, but I can see him going to a Portland and contributing there. Dame needs all the help he he can get in the world and he's from there, so hopefully, hopefully he can get out of there and, and and make his way to Portland. And then you also mentioned another name too, Terrence Ross. I don't see Terrence Ross staying in Orlando the whole season. Yeah, to start out the season, help those young players as far as their growth and maturation for a little bit. But also you got to create playing time and see what you got in those young dudes also as well. We know Terrence Ross. We know his role. He's definitely going to be a contributing factor towards towards a, a playoff team who's looking for another scoring boost. So I definitely don't see him staying in Orlando all year either. 
Yeah, that was, you literally hit it on the head. Like, those are the three players I kind of seen, too. Um, I already mentioned Mo Mamba. I could see him going somewhere west. That's a, a seven-footer defensive yep. center. The West, you know, loves to protect the rim. They have to bulk up over there, you know, with certain players on the West. So, I don't know. Um, I could also see possibly – I don't know who – oh, there it is, Miles Turner. I could still see him getting traded this this offseason. Um, it may not be West. It may – it may stay in the East. I know Boston's been linked to him for a while. Maybe they pull the trigger, but he would be an important piece to go. I don't know where, but anywhere he goes, that kind he's of a game boosts, changer. Yeah, he's a game changer. That boosts that team. Like if the Clippers make that move, which I don't, they haven't. You know, I haven't heard nothing about the Clippers. I'm just saying hypothetically, Clippers, Golden State, Dallas. Any of those three teams make that move, that's a really – even Portland. Portland's not going to do it because they have so many bigs, but that's a really big deal, and that really improves any of those teams. I definitely think Portland should do it because they've lacked the offense and defense from a center. Um, Nurkic isn't healthy, but when he's healthy, he does a bit of both. But just for the insurance – and he plays power forward. Miles Turner has played power forward a lot. So – you know, for insurance, that would be a big deal. And we already know with Dallas, like, to me, if you put Porzingis with Miles Turner, that whole spill about, you know, Porzingis kind of goes out the window because he picks up that slack. But that's just my personal opinion. Other than that, I don't really see nobody moving from the east to the west. Um, I think all these teams are constructed to compete in the east coast, so I think most of these, unless it's smaller trades, I think most of these teams are staying pat and they're just going to compete. Yeah, that's what it looks like for the most part for for a lot of these rosters. Um, just just like we said, a lot of teams that it looks, especially from the off season, and we've seen the directions a lot of teams went for. They they kind of know where they were. They they built around their situations in order to take that step to the next level, especially just. Um, when we talk about teams like a Boston, even a Brooklyn Nets, them signing a Patty Mills, them shoring up that depth that they need on their team. The New York Knicks adjust their situation as far as shot creators, those who, who can't get their own shots. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. And and but before we head on out, man, let's let me get your uh, your top ten teams, man. Who who you think is gonna be competing in those playing rounds? And and who who do you think can grab those those last two seven and eight seeds? Okay, uh, number one, I got I got uh, I got Bucks. Number two, I got the Nets. Three, I have Boston. Four, I have Heat. Five, I have. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm going to go Atlanta. Six, New York. Seven is going to be Philly. Or no. Wow, I forgot about the Bulls. Scratch that. So at five, I have the Bulls. Six, I have Atlanta. Seven, I have New York. Eight, I have Philly. 
nine, I have Pacers, and then ten, I have Washington. Oh, okay. So you leaving Charlotte? You leaving Charlotte out? Charlotte is going to. Huh, it's hard, bro. Actually, you know, it's yeah. Again, take off Washington, drop down. Who did I say was at nine? Drop down. Um, Oh, Pacers. Drop down the Pacers. I have Charlotte at nine. I have them barely missing the playoffs and fighting for the play-in. I think I think they might win the play-in because we don't know what's going on with Philly. So I have them winning the play-in. I'll do it like that. Have them at nine. Ten will be Pacers and whoever I, I just had. Oh, Washington. Washington won't make it. I think they'll fight, but they won't make it. Let me I, hear your I, ten. I, all right, uh, for my ten right now, I got um, and this is no 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 standard order, but pretty much the the order of the top four I do have that I think will be the top four seeds. I got Brooklyn, of course. Um, I got Miami Heat, B two, Milwaukee Bucks, three. As far as just getting into playoffs at four, I got the Atlanta Hawks at number five. I put down the Boston Celtics, six. We rolling with the Knicks. At seven, I got the Chicago Bulls. At number eight, I got the Philadelphia Sixers squeezing in. And then as far as my, my two teams, as far in the, as, as the play-ins go, at number nine, I'm rolling with the Charlotte Hornets. I got them squeezing in. And I kind of went back and forth with this last one. But at 10, I got the Indiana Pacers. I got them squeezing into that playoffs, uh, that play-in spot. I really I, – I, I like the, the Sabonis, Miles Turner when he's healthy. Hopefully my man Karras can stay healthy with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I like that roster on paper when everybody's everybody's good to go. But um, that's, as a, far that's as, another guy. Not to interrupt you. I forgot Jeremy Lamb. No, you're good. Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, that's man. another trade potential piece. And then also, too, while we bring up India, just TJ Warren. I know he was a little un, un, unsatisfied and unhappy with um, – with Nate Borkin being the coach over there at Indiana. So let's just see how, how that plays out with TJ Warren too, man. He's definitely another another play on the radar that everybody forgot about since the bubble, since he sat out last season. So but but also again for the to grab the play in spots, I got I got Charlotte grabbing one of those seeds with um with Philly falling out. And and then all and then I think that last spot's gonna come up to the Bulls and the Pacers. And if I gotta pick a team right now, I'm gonna stay with I'm gonna stay Chirac. We ain't from 63. I'm gonna go with the Bulls right now. Wait, so you have the Bulls at at what eight or nine? Uh, I got them squeezing in at, uh from the play uh in the playoffs at one of them seven eight seed. Oh seven, okay seven eight. Oh, I was about to say eight or nine. Wow. Okay, okay. Um, my biggest my biggest concern with with Chicago is just the the defensive end. I, we know Lonzo's gonna play defense, but we've never really seen Zach Levine really compete on the defensive end like that. Demar Derozan, we don't ask him. He he he's a serviceable defender, but we know he's not a lockdown defender, especially night in night out at this stage of his career. So, and again, just the depth. We, I want to see what about how Patrick they, Williams. Uh, that's what I was about to say. He's gonna be out with that ankle injury for four to six weeks. I like his I like his game. But I just want to see where he comes back at as far as his health wise and, and and how that can impact the team going forward. But then they also got Caruso too. We know who he he's gonna to bring the defensive energy all the time. So 
it's that they just got to commit to the defensive end for for them to really make the playoffs. I think that's their biggest advantage is their bench. You have Kobe White and Caruso coming off the bench. Um, also, Derek Jones Jr. And then if Stanley, you know, can get back to being him, Stanley Johnson off the bench too would be nice. I I really like the way this team is constructed, man. I really I've do. Four. I've lost all faith in Stanley Johnson. I'm sorry. I've I've tried. I've lost all faith in him. But look again, like looking at this roster, it's a it's a well together put roster as far as just the the depth that you got outside of that starting five. They another sneaky sign uh sign that they picked up. Who I wish the Lakers picked up on was was Alizé Johnson. He served his real role in, his role well in Brooklyn, where he came in, didn't play outside of himself, was able to rebound, play defense, and he's able to score baskets without you calling calling plays for him. And I don't think people really realize how big that is in the league as far as you getting second chance points, being able to to just put back shots, being able to finish around the basket. And even showed he could step outside and knock down a jump shot or two as well. So, yeah, Chicago definitely got a nice put-together roster, man. Let's see how it all comes together. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm excited for the East more than I've been in a very long time. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Just we, we, We've now discussed one half of, of, of the league in the Eastern Conference, man. Next week, we, we get down to the nitty-gritty. We get to the best of the West, man. And like I said, man, this is an exciting time, man. Basketball's right around the corner. Season starts up in about two weeks, man. And we, we're definitely happy to be back with y'all, man. And once again, we just want to thank all of our, our listeners, supporters, man, who who listen to the podcast, who comment, have, have our little debates, man, and continue just to, to, to spread the word on us, man. Enough things cannot be said, man. We truly appreciate y'all, man. We, we're happy to bring you guys another season with just more, more content, more depth, man. And, again, we're looking forward to, to watching basketball, talking basketball with y'all, man. Let's get to it. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate the support. Stay tuned for the West next uh, episode. And, you know, upcoming episodes, man, we got a lot of people, you know, trying to tap in, want to debate with us or just, you know, talk with us. So stay tuned for that. I know we've been saying that, but we're going to put that in motion this season. You know, it's a new season, so we got to do some new things, man. Love the support. Appreciate it. Love is love, man. We out of here. Yes, sir. And as all, uh, as we always say, we want to protect, support our black women, make sure we, we continue to push youth in the right way, man. Besides that, y'all stay COVID-free, man. Stay safe. We see y'all next week, man. We out. Yes, sir. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.